Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. beautiful souls and welcome back to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to be here with you today. If you are listening to this on April 22nd when it is released, I am so looking forward to seeing many of you tonight for the Sacred Sexy Boundaries Masterclass that I'm hosting, which is a free 90-minute training for healers, coaches, entrepreneurs, leaders, women who are ready to step into their next level of wealth and impact. And I'm so excited to bring this conversation about boundaries and really aligning with your higher self and showing up as the most empowered version of you in your business and your relationship. So if you have not signed up yet, there is still time and there will be a recording for 48 hours after the masterclass. Again, it's a free 90 minute training that is taking place tonight, April 22nd at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can find the link for the masterclass. Go ahead and just scroll down in the show notes and you can find it there or on my social media channel on Instagram at Amy Natalie Co. I would love to see you tonight. And today on the Feminine Frequency Podcast, I have my dear friend and soul sister, Kate Harlow. She was part, she was a guest speaker on my Confident Woman series last year, and I'm really excited to bring her back to talk about really overcoming self-sabotage in your relationships. And I just love the way that Kate teaches. She is an incredible teacher of relationship with self and really creating healthy, dynamic, thriving relationships in your life. So Kate Harlow is the owner and creator of the Expanded Love Method. This infallible method helps women break free from old painful relational patterns to become their highest, most magnetic versions of themselves. You know we love that. And she is a revolutionary love coach and teacher with over 12 years of experience and the co-host of the New Truth Podcast. Kate is a masterful teacher, coach, and influencer, and is known for awakening women to who they truly are with an innate ability to see where women are out of alignment with themselves and in their lives. She fiercely guides them back to deeper truth that is within you are all in for an incredible treat in this episode. Kate shares about, as I mentioned before, how to overcome self-sabotage in relationships. And we go over the five different saboteur archetypes that really hold women back from experiencing true love and experiencing deep intimacy and connection. 
Enjoy this episode. We'll see you on the other side. And I look forward to seeing many of you tonight on the Sacred Sexy Boundaries Masterclass. Have a beautiful day. Today I have my dear friend, soul sister, everything, (laughs) Kate Harlow. Welcome back to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. Thank you for having me back. I'm so happy to be here and so happy to be having a conversation with one of my favorite people on the planet. Mm, Yeah, it feels really good. So I love co-creating and weaving with you. And I feel like our, we've talked about this before, how our soul mission, we're like, feel like we're cut from the same cloth. Like we're both here in such a similar mission and obviously teaching and sharing from our own unique experiences and our own our own wisdom and guidance, but really at the core, both of us have very similar values and really are connected to a greater soul mission to empower women to live a life that is true to their soul, that is true to who they are, that really allows them to love more deeply and authentically. Mm. And so that is something that I so appreciate about you, the way that you teach and how you really are a stand for, for women. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that too. Mm. Yeah. So Today, we're going to be talking about the expanded love method and really using these different archetypes and saboteur archetypes that you teach on to support women in being able to create healthy relationships. And before we get into that, I would love for you to share, how did you learn or how, how did these saboteur archetypes, how did they come to you? Um, were there any personal experiences in your life that really led you to being a teacher of this work? Mm, yeah. Like, I mean, that's a really big question. Cause I've been on this path for 15 years and have been coaching for over 13 years and have studied so many different methodologies over the years that inspired the work that I created. Um, but I would say the most significant pieces to in, that inspired the expanded love method was when I studied something back in my coaches training, I mean, 15 years ago, which is crazy. Um, I studied something called persona therapy. And at the time I was about five years into my, oh no, wait, I was, no, there was the beginning of my personal development journey. It was probably less than 15 years ago. Cause that's when I started school and it was towards the end of my two-year program that I took. So about 13 years ago. And I was so Um, I I was so far into my personal development journey and I was so self-aware, but jealousy was the pattern that was, and comparison was the pattern that was the strongest and most painful in my life. And at the time I had tried, you know, I paid so many hypnotherapists and healers and coaches and therapists and workshops. And I just like wanted to get rid of these parts of myself. I wanted to cut them off or I just couldn't understand what was wrong with me. And I felt, I felt so, I mean, especially jealousy in relationship is so it's really unattractive and repulsive. I mean, I thankfully attracted men who stuck it out (laughs) for the most part, but but it, it created a lot of disconnection. We, you know, relationships where we were together for years, but not having sex anymore. Cause it, that was the, one of the biggest barriers where it was like, you have to cut off all parts of yourself 
to be in relationship with me. I'll cut off all parts of myself too. It was just so funny because it's like, of course, I went down that rabbit hole first before getting on this path. And so that's what the persona therapy was what helped shift that pattern for me the most. And what persona therapy was, was you name all the different aspects of yourself. So with persona therapy, like, you know, I had my jealousy aspect and I had my people pleaser aspect and I had, you, you name the good, bad and the ugly parts. So what I loved about it was building a relationship with that part of me as if it wasn't me and starting to see her as a roommate, as a, a friend, as an ally, but not like that pattern, starting to externalize and, and not associate that with myself. And it was so such a profound, experience because it allowed me to see where the pattern came from, to have more compassion for myself, to have more understanding and that it was so poignant on my journey. But, but what was overwhelming was naming all of the parts. So for myself on my own journey, I just gave my sa I, and I, saboteur is a term, apparently other people use it, but I came, it came through me as I was deepening this within myself. And so I just named mine Regina for mean girls. Cause she was that to me internally. And it helps so much with me now having choice. Okay. I can see Regina coming up and wanting to protect me right now and wanting to attack my partner or wanting to tell me that this other woman has something that I don't. And when I could see it as Regina and not me, it allowed me to, to really step into parts of myself and make new choices from a deeper part of myself. So in the expanded love method, we're working with the saboteur, which is of course your ego, your protective mechanisms, your survival mechanisms, and the heroine which is your soul. And so in my work, the naming was so significant for me in that journey. And also I went on a name change journey myself, which I think I shared in, in our last interview. It's a long story, so we won't get into it. But I went on my own personal name change journey um, many, many years ago. And that was a huge part in me stepping into my heroine as well and becoming the heroine, really the heroine of my own story, becoming the, the writer of my story, as opposed to, as opposed to operating and living from this story that someone else has written for us, you know, go to school, get a job, find a man, get married, get a house, have kids. Da, 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 da. And so that's it, you know, many places led me to that place, but that's what helped me the most in my journey. And then when I, when I, I started coaching as a business coach for many, many years and I was teaching in the business space and I was working with women around self-worth in business and when, and everyone was like, you should be a love coach. You're like love guru, love, love, love. Cause that's just my nature. And so when I shifted into the love space, this method just came through me in my very first pilot program, the saboteur and heroine work just came through me and yeah, it's been really, really profound. So the saboteur archetypes, same thing came through me, but also came from 12 years of experience of coaching women from all over the world in many capacities, some in business, some in love and seeing all the ways we sabotage ourselves and we, we take our power away and we, or we give our power away rather than standing in our power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love naming it as persona work, um, and, and really taking a look at all these different parts of ourselves. And one of the things that I started recognizing through my meditation practice and through mindfulness. And when you, if you look at any like Buddhist texts or Buddhist 
philosophy, it is really about becoming the observer of your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And I know that before I had my awakening and before I really got into personal development work, there was no separation between this like bitchy inner critic part of myself and the truth of who I am, which is love and kindness and caring. And that voice just took up so much space in my world and made me so unhappy and so judgmental and so disconnected, not only from other people, but from my own love, from my own joy. And what you're sharing here is so powerful of learning how to first become aware that we have these different parts to ourselves. And just because our brain is telling us that like, we, we don't look pretty or that other women are better than us or whatever the jealousy happens to be in relationships that came up for you. It doesn't mean that that's true. And that's only one part of you that believes that. So this, and and there, I think there's other psychologists who have used this this is a really common, you know, framework in psychology and therapy for self-discovery and for relating to yourself in these different parts of yourself in a different way. So I'd love for you to share what happens when we, you know, shame these different parts of ourselves or when we don't let them be seen. And when we like, don't like certain parts of ourselves. So jealousy, it's like you were saying, oh, I wanted to cut that off. I want that to go away. I didn't want that to be part of my life. How does that show up if you're you're trying to create a new relationship with that part of yourself? It, it feels kind of challenging because it's a it's a feeling, it's a part of you that you don't want to be yeah, part of you. It, I mean, that's why the saboteur work is so powerful. Is that you, it's about building a relationship with that part and getting to know that part, and also like having space for that part. And and in my work, the saboteur is all of it. So there are the five saboteur archetypes, which we'll touch on. And yet, like, we, and we all play different. We most women have different, like, have all of them playing out, or some have, you know, maybe one or two or three that are stronger. They're kind of like the love languages, but your patterns in in relationships and dating, and they'll show up in all relationships but the 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 thing is so what has made this work so helpful is having it be like it's just one aspect like all the parts are one one other person and the reason like the reason it's so profound naming that part and getting to know the saboteur as as your roommate when you try and shame it or get rid of it or cut it off, it gets louder, you know, like in the Disney movies, like Ursula, you know, you mess with Ursula and she gets into that. She becomes this giant monster in the little mermaid. Um, And so it's the same with the the saboteur. If you try and cut the saboteur off or you get, or you're mad at it or try and push it away, it's going to get louder and try and protect you because where these protective mechanisms come from is when we're little and it actually used to keep you safe that, that part of, you used to be your protector. You had to learn how to, in order to survive childhood, you had to learn how to contort yourself, how to, how to, how to, how to show up in a certain way to fit into your family system, to fit into your school system, to fit into your friend groups, to make friends, to be approved of, loved, accepted, belonging, all of those things that, that we're naturally trying to create for, to create safety as a child. And so the saboteur protective mechanisms are essential when we're children. 
But when we become adults, it then becomes, it then becomes, it's called saboteur because it sabotages you from being who you are. This part sabotages you from having the life you want to live. It sabotages you from experiencing the level of love you want to experience or sisterhood you want to experience or uh, having an epic, you know, successful, powerful life. You know, most of the women I work with are so fucking powerful and they have these amazing lives. They're perfect on paper life. You know, they've got it all. They've got their dream house, their dream job. They're, you know, making amazing money and they've got great friends and they've got, you know, healthy kids. And they wake up one day, kind of like Elizabeth Gilbert in the movie and book Eat, Pray, Love. They wake up one day and feel like, wow, I have everything I ever wanted. And I feel empty inside, or I feel miserable, or I hate my life, or I feel disconnected, or I just don't feel anything. And so that's what is because the protective mechanisms were leading the way. And that script that someone else wrote for our life story and what it's supposed to be was leading the way. And the beauty of getting to know this part of you, but not letting it lead your life is now you get to meet who you really are. And for example, jealousy, you know, that pattern of jealousy, the only reason I was jealous of other women is because I was, I, I, my saboteur was pointing towards something that my soul was also longing to experience within myself. It was just a repressed aspect of ourselves. So our saboteur, the different archetypes and the different aspects of the saboteur are simply revealing. There's so much, and I talk about this in my masterclass coming up, which I'll share um, in a little bit, but the, the saboteur archetypes that are playing out for you are revealing a repressed aspect of your soul, of who you really are, of your heroine. So for me, I was tremendously jealous of women who were sensual and sexy and like in their bodies. And that's because I was none of that. And I had a belief at the time, oh, I'm just not sexy. I'm not very sexual. I'm not sensual. Mm. And once I started to get to know my saboteur and see that this was protection and I could see where it came from, well, now then it allowed me to actually start to cultivate those parts of me. And now I don't feel that. And I, and it's so cool because here I am, you know, however many years later from shifting that within pattern within myself, I knock on wood, but I never feel jealous of other women. I feel inspired and I had to teach myself how to do that. But I, it used to be a practice of, okay, Regina's making up a story that this person's amazing. So it must mean that I suck and I could never be like them and I could never have that or whatever. And, um, and it took radical responsibility of me like, okay, what am I desiring? What is that woman amplifying? What is she illuminating that I'm shut down from? What is, what is she amplifying that I'm disconnected from? And then I started to nourish and feed those parts of myself. And that brought it into balance because the, the truth is with your saboteur and those thoughts and stories in our minds, they're not even our own. Like we, that's why giving her a name getting to her, getting to know her, like she's your roommate that will be there with you for life. But like not letting her lead your life is so essential because that's the voice of our conditioning. It's -hmm. the voice of our family system. It's the voice of our teachers. It's the voice of bullies. It's the voice of every man who ever hurt us. It's the voice of uh, friends who hurt us. It's the voice of our friends who told us what to do. It's the voice of the media, social media, our social Mm -hmm. circles. Like it's not our own voice. 
you know, the judgment, the fear, the limitation, the, the doubt, the, the controlling, the fantasy, all, all of those things, like that was all learned when you were, when you were a child, you were wildly expressed. You gave no fucks what anyone thought. Sorry. Am I allowed to swear? I haven't even checked in. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. <laughs> you don't care what other people think you're fully in your body. You're in your heart. You know, you walk through the world, like not afraid to feel your feelings, no matter where you are not afraid to walk around naked, <laughs> not afraid to say no, right? Our boundaries were strong. We were wildly expressed. And then over and over and over again, we got shut down, told who to be, what to think, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. And that's still happening. I mean, look at the world right now. It's all about like, you're doing it wrong. Everyone's pointing the finger at everyone else mm-hmm. instead of looking in the mirror and just taking radical responsibility for how we feel. Yeah. Yeah. And what I've seen for you, and, and I think this is similar to my own journey, like the relationships that you are able to have with women now, because you've overcome this pattern and not just with women, but with everyone, with other people in your life is dramatically different. Like I remember when I was in high school and even in college, I had all of these insecurities and constantly compared myself to other people. And even though I wouldn't speak that out loud, people could feel it. And it created this barrier and this wall of intimacy where I so deeply wanted to have girlfriends. I so deeply wanted to be around other people, but I was so judgmental. And the judgment wasn't necessarily about anyone else. It was about myself. It was about my own insecurities. And it really created this block of being able to connect in the ways that I wanted to. And so I I love this journey that you've been on and, and and even just naming it as jealousy and then recognizing that because you've shifted this shifted this pattern and used you know this method to create a new relationship with jealousy and really allowing it to be an opportunity to bring that aspect out of yourself is really cool. That's what I love about personal development. We can alchemize and transmute and transform these things that like weigh us down and that art can be really heavy for us and we can turn them into something really beautiful with the right tools. So I love that that's been your journey. And I just so see that within you. Like I never feel that ever, not even like a tiny speck of energy in our friendship and in the way that I see you loving your other friends, like it doesn't exist. It's not like you're just trying to suppress it or hide it. Like it's not there. And that's really beautiful. Yeah. And even with strangers, it's like, even with women I see on social media who are leading or doing something that maybe I desire to do, it's the, it's a daily practice. You know, if this is something that like it, we all have differentiating patterns, but I think comparison is something that most women experience, whether they share it out loud or not. Most of us are comparing ourselves, especially with social media. It's now become an even more toxic pattern that takes over so many of us. And, and even the story most women have like, oh, that woman has it all together. And I always say to my clients when they share that, like, I'm a mess, but like that woman has it all together. It's like, no, I've worked with that woman. Literally, I've worked with every woman who looks on paper, on the surface, like she has it all together. That's, that's who I work with. And when you get inside, she's completely disconnected from all of it. She doesn't get to even feel 
joy or pleasure or the, mm-hmm. the beauty of who she is. And so it's, it, it and it, it's like one of my favorite um, mantras is like when I see someone else succeeding or someone else doing something that I'm desiring to experience, it's like, thank you for showing me what is possible. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. that's what we do for each other. And I had, um, I was chatting with my dear friend the other day who, you know, Kelsey, um, and I was sharing some celebrations, some successes. And, and she was like, thank you for, she's, we say that to each other. Like, thank you for showing me what's possible. Thank you for reminding me how much is available. Because we all get, you know, into our places of limitation. That's your saboteur. Places of, oh, I could never do that. You know, I think my, my biggest, my biggest, because. The, the thing is your saboteur is pointing towards something saying, oh, that woman's got something special. You could never be that way or you suck or whatever the storyline is. It's also your soul pointing towards the same thing saying, oh, that's me. Like there, there's, I, I'm meant to be in, go in that direction too, or there's something she's embodying that I meant to experience and, or that's inside of me and all these qualities they're inside. We don't have to go finding them. We just have to peel back all the layers that are blocking us from experiencing them. And I think like my, my greatest mentor in my life, who I worked with for eight, eight or nine years in her company when I was in the business realm and I ended up taking over and teaching all her programs when she had a baby for her clients, Um, she mentored me for many, many years. And when I first started with the company, I was, um, a coach, a support coach at her events and client care. And I would sit at the back of the room and I would watch her on stage and she was unbelievably mesmerizing her teaching abilities. Like she was the best in the industry at the time, like just absolutely so good at teaching, so embodied, so mesmerizing, so powerful. The whole audience would always be in the palm of her hand. She was funny. She was emotional. She was, she was just this like magical human on stage teaching these workshops. And they were mostly like marketing and stage presence and selling and And I would just be at the back of the room while she's teaching about marketing, totally mesmerized by her. And of course, because like someone who wasn't meant to speak on stages would just be like, oh yeah, she's good. But they wouldn't be like so taken away. And then my saboteur would be in my, in my ear telling me, you could never have that. You could never be that. You suck. You have a fear of public speaking. You're meant to be at the back of the room. So then when she wanted to start mentoring me to speak, I would freak out and be like, no, I'm meant to be at the back of the room. I'm not meant to be on stage. It's a no for me. Like she would put me on stage to do her intros. And I'd be like, oh my God, I'm getting sick before and after. And it was like torture. And that all was happening because it was pointing me in the direction I was meant to go. And I'm so grateful that I knew that and I, and I learned that and I was willing to do the deeper healing to a lot and, and change that relationship within to not let my saboteur and those fear-based protective mechanisms actually make my choices. So I did some deeper healing and she started mentoring me and I became the head facilitator traveling the world, teaching her programs and which led me, you know, six years ago into starting my own business and doing my own work in the world. And I'm so forever grateful for that experience because I, that's, I wouldn't be living my purpose had that experience not happened, but everything we look at and see in another woman is a reflection of ourselves. But when the saboteur is in charge, your saboteur is going to find every way to convince you and tell you that that is not a safe direction to go in and that you'll never make it and that you're not worthy and you're not good enough and you're not lovable and you're not 
And it's not true. None of that is true. Mm-hmm. Right? Your saboteur thinks you're still that little kid and you're, that little girl, of course, is still inside you and your saboteur is working on overtime trying to protect her, but it's actually hurting her, right? Reinforcing her belief that she's not good enough. And so that's why it's so important to, un- to get to know your saboteur first intimately and then to start to unlock all of those repressed aspects of what I call your heroine or your soul self so that your heroine can protect that little girl inside by actually setting boundaries, by, act- by doing things that are uncomfortable and growing and evolving, by following your heart, learning how to make decisions from your heart rather, rather than from the fantasy stories in your mind. Like Mm -hmm. it's absolutely the most life-changing practice. Yeah. Whenever I have shared that in any of my workshops or with any of my clients that what you see in another woman is actually something that is a mirror for something that already exists within you. It's like this moment where it takes their breath away or their heart opens a little bit more and they're like, oh yeah, there's this like soul recognition of truth. Um, and if their saboteur has been running the show up until then, there's just been this constant voice that's saying, no, that's not you. You can't have that. You're never going to be like that. And so it is this like breath of fresh air where it's like, oh yeah, that is me. And there's just a part of me that wants to be more fully expressed. And it's interesting that we're having this conversation and it does come up often on the podcast. And I, it's probably because, you know, comparison is something that everyone deals with. Like we said, because of social media, because of the industry, whatever it is, but like, it is something that, that we deal with. And so I'm really glad that we got another perspective on, on this Mm -hmm. topic. Yeah. So let's dive in and talk about the five different saboteur archetypes. If we can just do like a little sneak peek, because I know you are going to be teaching about this in your upcoming masterclass series. So let's go through the five of them. Perfect. Yes. So I'll give a little glimpse and um, I'll just preface it by saying, so I'm doing this five day masterclass and every day I'm going live for an hour to 75 minutes on each archetype. So there is a lot to them. Um, I'm going to give the tip of the iceberg of each one. And there's a lot of beliefs that come with them. And there's a root to each one of them, a driving, uh, a driving um, belief that's, that's, that's creating that protective mechanism and there's an antidote to each one of them. And so I'll be going deep into that on the masterclass and you're all welcome. It's totally free. It's five days. Um, but the very first one is the fantasy addict and that the fantasy addict is, I mean, I have a podcast that's called the new truth podcast. We just had Amy on actually. And it's amazing for women around dating and love. And the New Truth Podcast is all about busting what we call the old paradigm of love, which is rooted in fairy tale and fantasy. And, oh, once I meet the one, then I'll feel better. I just need to get married. I just need a husband. I just need a relationship. And this, this um, I mean, there's so much to it, but this storyline that women are not enough on our own and that we're, we only have value over in relationship and that we'll feel better once we have relationship, which... 
you and I both know is very not true. Like relationships take a lot of work and relationships, you know, especially if you don't have self-awareness, most people don't have deeply intimate growth-based relationships because of the old paradigm. And so the fantasy addict aspect of the saboteur is really because of the old paradigm. So we all have it to a degree. Some women are more extreme than others um, in this one, but the fantasy addict is basically addicted to the idea of of love or the idea. I mean, even, you know, taking relationships out of it, fantasy addict is always, it's the part, it's the part of your saboteur. It's always telling a story and like your friend doesn't text you back. And then their story is that she's mad at you. That's the fantasy addict. The fantasy addict goes on a date and is like either assessing this guy up and saying like, okay, I think this could be it. He could be the one I want the next date. Like that and thinks they know the person just from, just from all the things he's telling her or from what she's seeing. Okay. He's six foot tall and he's gorgeous and he's successful and he's charming and he paid the bill. This is perfect. He is my dream guy. He's funny. Made me laugh. Okay, great. Right. And the fantasy addict is always focused on the other person and always focused on the next thing. Okay. Now I I'm home after the date and the date went well. So I'm, I'm wanting that. I need the text and then I need the second date and then I need the commitment and then I need the, I love you. And I need to move in together and we need to, I need a ring and I need to get married and I need the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And it's kind of funny because there's a collective fantasy addict, like how many single women have ever heard the, the, the statement, Oh, how are you single? You're such a catch. Can I set you up with someone? Are you dating? Have you met anyone? And, and, you know, that's the collective fantasy addict. And like, then you get into relationship and your friends are like, is he the one? Are you going to marry? Do you think you're going to get married? And then as soon as you get married, everyone's like, oh, you think you're going to have kids soon? Are you going to have kids? And then as soon as you have a baby, they're like, are you going to have more, more than one baby? Like <laughs> the collective fantasy addict that's constantly keeping us from deepening into the experience and pushing us into the future. <laughs> I have a really funny experience with this one where before I got married back when I did get married, we, we, our families both like ran in the same social circle. And so we would go to like dinners or events and we had probably been dating for like a year, maybe a year and a half. And not only would I get this, but my mom and his mom would both get this. People would come up and say, you're next. And they would just nudge me, like nudge me with their shoulder and with their elbow. And I'm like, what is the deal? Why is everyone having this obsession over like what's supposed to happen next in my relationship? And Mm -hmm. like, it was like this whole like societal conspiracy theory, which was fine. It's not, doesn't come from a bad place, but it's like just this norm of like, oh, you're getting married next or what's your next step. And there is so much freaking pressure. So, you know, my mom would be like, we would like count how many times would people would say it like, that's how bad it was. It's crazy. It's crazy. So it's not just you in the fantasy. It's everyone in the fantasy Mm -hmm. and that fantasy is, I'll just speak to quickly, like why fantasy is so dangerous. Like this is how women end up in incredibly toxic relationships because they're so blinded by the idea of something and by the way someone looks or the way they seem on paper, the way they check all the boxes. If you have a check, list, you are a fantasy addict, you know, and the unfortunate thing is most dating teachers out there are teaching fantasy, right? They're teaching like, get the checklist, make sure you like do X, Y, Z to get the guy. That's the shapeshifter. We'll talk about that. But like most dating teachings out there are based on fantasy. Like even there's this one dating coach I, I follow who I, he, I love and adore. 
but he's always posting my client got engaged, celebrating my client got engaged. Yes. Success. Who's the next woman to sign up for my program. So you can get engaged too. And like, there's such a flaw in the, the being so attached to the result is what blinds us from actually being in the experience. So we're either missing a beautiful experience of like the relationship right now in this moment, or we're missing all the red flags. You know, I have Mm. almost all of my clients have been divorced and almost all of those divorced women have like knew on their wedding day, it wasn't aligned, but they fantasy blinded themselves over it and they just kept pretending. And so there's just so much of the fantasy addicts. It's it's incessant in our culture. Every song, every love song is fantasy based. I'm going to make some really funny reels soon that are about the saboteur archetypes. I'm excited because there's a million fantasy songs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, that's the first one. So much more to it. Join me in the masterclass. Second one is the um, uh, the, the self-sacrificer. And this is also very common in women because we have been taught for centuries to sacrifice ourselves. Women are glorified for being selfless. Oh, my grandmother was the most amazing woman. She was so selfless. She had less of a self, right? <laughs> to put everybody else first is glorified for women. And yet we're all hanging by a thread, deeply resentful, so bitter, so pissed off that nobody's supporting us. Like when the self-sacrificer is in charge, it's like that's a woman gets into a relationship and she'll bend over backwards, like do everything for the guy. And then one day wakes up one day and like she's basically has a teenage son, husband or boyfriend because she's sacrificed herself and done everything for him. That's actually a combination of another one as well. But the self-sacrificer is, I, it's okay. I'll, I'll like whatever you need. I'll, I'll, I'll bend over backwards. You, you want me to be this. You want me like always puts everyone else first and at the expense of herself. I have like three clients that I'm working with right now who can 100% relate to this pattern. So yes. I think we all can in some way and yes. so relevant. Okay. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. next one's the isolator and the isolator's just like, Ugh don't even want a relationship. And if they're in relationship, isolators typically feel alone wherever they go. And isolators, sometimes they feel their feelings, but nobody knows they have feelings. They don't share them with anyone or they don't even feel their feelings. They're just so numb from their feelings. And isolators have this belief that they're a burden, even though they're always, I have have clients and friends who are isolators and they're always the people who are like the farthest thing from a burden. They're like so sweet. Everybody just wants to give to them and help them, but they're just like, nope, you know, isolate. And when they date, it's like, a wall goes up, like they're just so terrified to be vulnerable, to be seen, to, to be supported. So um, yeah, there's, there's so much to it, but that's the isolator. The next one is the controller, which is most women I work with. And most women I work with are controller hybrid with a self-sacrificer. So that's the one, mm-hmm. those are the ones that actually are divorced and their ex-husband is a child and they're so annoyed because they have to do everything and their ex-husband doesn't even know how to do anything he can't like call the school to tell them their child is sick or like he can't book a dentist appointment but it's not his fault it's a dynamic because the controller is like i'm gonna do everything because nobody else can do it as good as me and right underneath that is anxiety and like not feeling safe so trying to control everything outside of me and make everything perfect so i feel better internally but it's a self-fulfilling prophecy you actually keep feeling worse and worse and worse and more Mm -hmm. anxious and more unstable 
And so that's the controller and that's who they end up in relationship with because they overfunction so much and they're, you know, perfectionists and expectations and whatever that they attract partners who just don't show up. Mm-hmm. As really common with so women common. who are powerful and successful and ambitious. And, you know, they show up in the beginning of a relationship and they're just like leading and planning the dates and like, being you know, the driving the ship. The, it, it's not necessarily the masculine there it, it's an unhealthy it's the and I, I don't I wouldn't call it toxic but it is it is the unhealthy masculine yes. drive where it comes from a desire to control or to yes. feel safe comes yes. from a fear-based place and yeah. if you have a woman in her masculine most of the time in the relationship then the polarity sucks and mm-hmm. like the sex sucks or there is no sex or the, the chemistry really is affected. It's kind of like emasculate, especially when it's too controlling it emasculates the men for sure being able to show up. It doesn't give space for them to be able to be the leader or be a leader and, and contribute to the relationship. Exactly. And the controller just doesn't trust other people Mm -hmm. or life. The controller feels like I'm on my own doesn't like you typically my clients that I work with, there's no spiritual connection because they think they have to do everything. So there's no trust Mm -hmm. of life, no trust of the universe, no trust of other people. And I can only trust myself. And then they end up taking on everything. And again, feeling resentful and controllers often also have a lot of perfectionism. It's a lot of like making my life look perfect from the outside, not wanting to let anyone else down. So that's where it's a little bit of a blend with the self-sacrificer. So that one's really common. And then the last one is the shapeshifter. And I actually just recorded a reel for the shapeshifter. The reel I did was I'm a Barbie girl. (laughs) And it's like, um, make me walk, make me talk, do whatever I please. I can act Mm. like a star. I can beg on my knees. (laughs) Like that's the shapeshifter. Like I will do whatever you need me to do. I will be who you need me to be or who I think you need me to be. Right. I'm going to show up on this date and I'm like, who do I need to be? And you know, some women hear this one and they're like, oh, that's definitely not me. But then they realize when they get into relate, like if you get into relationship and all of a sudden you don't hang out with your friends consistently anymore, or you don't go to dance class consistently anymore, or you, I mean, that's a combination of fantasy and shapeshifter. It's just like the only thing that exists is my relationship, which is the fastest way to kill polarity and to kill a relationship is putting like, it seems so exciting in the beginning. We want to spend all our time there, but that actually depletes the energy and depletes the beauty. Like what makes the reason you feel that way in the first place is because you're two sovereign beings who are filled up within yourselves who are living your great lives. And then you come together and then you're like, Oh my God, this is the thing. But if you give up everything else, you're a shapeshifter. (laughs) If you Mm -hmm. let go of things that matter to you, you're a shapeshifter or the shapeshifter is also like being in toxic relationships and, you know, like just getting smaller and smaller and smaller or just changing who you are in relationship or even when you're dating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for outlining those. I know there's so much there. And one of the things that is 
crazy, you know, like these, these patterns, I'm sure everyone who's listening, there's at least one where they're like, yep, that's me. And the purpose of this framework is to provide not another way to shame yourself or make yourself wrong or judge yourself, but it really is to bring these to awareness so that you can notice the patterns. And then, you know, we obviously in one podcast episode, can't get into how do you shift these patterns? And I know that's what you're going to be teaching more about in the masterclass series, but it's like, you know, these, these patterns run really deep. And like you said earlier, they come from childhood, they come from societal norms. And I think, hearing these and being able to start to bring awareness to when are they showing up and knowing how to shift them is, is really powerful if you let it be. So if you're listening, you're like, oh shit, I'm all of those or oh shit. Like a lot of those sound like me. Yeah. You're, this is how we're actually trained and raised as women as young girls and they're deep, deep programs. So yeah. I love this work that you're doing, Kate. And I know because I've met some of your clients and I know how profound the work is for them. And I'm just really excited that we got to give a sneak peek of the archetypes today and also that you're going to be going deeper. So for women who want to join you for the expanded love journey. Is that what it's called? Masterclass. Masterclass. Okay, cool. Well, it is a journey because you're doing five days, yes, which is amazing. Five day series. Yeah. Masterclass series, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So um excited to share that information. We will include the link in the show notes. And is there anything else that you want to leave our listeners with today? Is there anywhere else that they can connect with you? Yeah, well, definitely join me in the masterclass because this, what I love about this work so much is it brings lightness to the dark. You know, there's a lot of different ways to get to the same place. And I was told by someone a long time ago that my greatest gift is like to be the light in the dark, which is funny because my heroine name is Ayla, A-Y-L-A, which came to me in a meditation and that means moonlight. Um, and that's, that to me is the, the beauty of this work, even just witnessing, I had a group coaching call last night and witnessing my clients, uh, the, the liberation and freedom that comes from them, seeing them like, Oh, there's Dolores. Hey, Dolo. And like how they can catch each other's saboteurs and how, how freeing it is to know it's not you. Like it's the most liberating thing in the world. And, you know, in order to have the life we desire and have the love we desire and to feel the way we want to feel, we have to be willing to know ourselves. And mm-hmm. so this is such a simple, concrete, beautiful, light way, playful way to know yourself deeply. And once you know these patterns and you know your saboteur intimately, now you can make significant changes and choices to empower yourself to create a new experience. So I would love to have you in the masterclass. It's totally free, five full days. It's going to be so amazing. And um, my Instagram handle is Kate Harlow XO. Um, so you can check me out on Instagram. And um, yeah, I've got other offerings and stuff and in there, the new but, truth podcast oh yeah the new truth podcast <laughs> her i'm a fan of my own yeah. podcast it's so good yeah her podcast is amazing i think now i've been on there twice so yeah. yay <laughs> yeah well just want to really reflect one more time kate 
just your knowledge and expertise and the depth of wisdom that you have in this realm of empowering women with their mindset, with their thoughts, with their ways of being is phenomenal. You're such a beautiful teacher of this work. And I really feel so grateful to be walking on this path and guiding women back home to themselves. And, you know, I shared this with you in a voice note yesterday or maybe the day before. I don't know. We talked every day this week, I think, but (laughs) like just what an honor it is to be in relationship with you and how loving and supportive and the way that you show up as a friend and as a teacher is just such a gift. So thank you so much. Thanks for being on here and sharing your wisdom with my community. And we'll share all of the info so they can find you and continue to learn with you. Thank you so much for having me. I love you so much. I'm so grateful. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks again for joining for this episode of the Feminine Frequency Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to take a screenshot and share it on your social media. You can share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Amy Natalie Co. It's a beautiful way to share the podcast. And if you have not done so already, I invite you to just take a couple of moments and leave a rating and a review for the podcast. And the way that you can do that is to go to your podcast app or go to your iTunes on your computer and you just click the Feminine Frequency podcast, go to the main show and scroll all the way down till below all of the episodes on the podcast app and there will be a place where you can leave a five-star rating and then you can write a review. So if you are a regular listener or even if you're new and you're enjoying the podcast, please go ahead and leave a review. That would mean the world to me. And I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day. Mm